Okay, wait, this is the remix. The legal lens is back at it again with Angela Red Eye Bright. Go tell a friend. Unions in the labor movement, employment, law, and doing the right thing. Reparations in COVID 19, voting rights. The insight is priceless. Can't be a late talk. You know we got it. Come on, let's go. It's time for the legal lens show. Come on, let's go. It's time for the legal lens show. Come on, let's go. It's time for the legal lens show. Come on, let's go. It's time for the legal lens. It's time for the legal lens. Go, go. Hello, hello, KBLA Talk 1580. You are tuned in to KBLA Talk 1580. This is the Legal Lens Show with Angela Breddock Wright, where we bring law to light each Saturday at 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time and each Sunday at 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And we are proudly broadcasting to you from our Lamert Park USA studios, which is based in the famous Crenshaw District of Los Angeles, California. We thank our local listeners for tuning in. We thank our listeners from around the state of California, from around the U.S. and internationally. Yes, folks, we have listeners from all around the world, and we thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedules to listen to The Legal Lens Show. You can follow KBLA Talk 1580 on all socials, and that way you can know everything that we have going on at the station, and you can learn all about our other shows and hosts and the fabulous shows that they host throughout the week. You can follow me, Angela Redock Wright, on Facebook and Instagram at I am Angela Redock Wright, and I invite you to do so because it's my way our way of communicating with one another. It's a great way for me to know that you're listening to the show, to know what shows are resonating with you, what shows you want to hear about in the future. So please, if you're not following already or engaging already, please be sure to do so at I am Angela Redock Wright. And with KBLA Talk 1580, you can also download our app and listen to us anywhere on the go. And we invite you to do so because that's um, a way for us to know that you're listening to the station. It's a way to help us track our numbers. And it's a way for you to help us to continue to grow as we have now entered, we're in our second year, well on our way to our third year. And we could not do that without you, our listening audience. So please download the KBLA Talk 1580 app and call a friend, call a family member, call a neighbor, tell them to download the app as well. And you can listen to us anywhere on the go, especially the weekend where you're out and about, you're running errands, you're spending time with family and friends. Um, So you don't have to stop listening. If you just download the app, you can listen to us on any of your listening devices. And you want to make sure you stay tuned in today because as always, we have a great show planned for you. Today, we are continuing um, our dialogue on a topic that has become very near and dear to my heart. And that involves the topic of human and sex trafficking. Um, And I've learned recently in recent weeks that it's not just an international issue when we think about human and sex trafficking, but it's a national issue here in the U.S. It is a statewide issue here in California, and it is a local issue here in Los Angeles. And to help us to continue to our dialogue on this conversation, we have today Los Angeles City Councilman, 
uh, city president, city council president, Marquise Harris Dawson. Um, he has been a leader on this issue in the Los Angeles City Council, partnering with our city attorney's office, as well as um, community organizations like Community Coalition. And we have them on the show a few weeks ago discussing this very issue. And they have partnered together to look at legal and policy issues and just being on the ground in terms of addressing this issue of human trafficking in Los Angeles, but specifically in the 8th Council District of Los Angeles and in what we call the Figueroa Corridor of Los Angeles, which is about a 40-block area between South Los Angeles and downtown Los Angeles. And so Council President Marquise Harris-Dawson will help us continue this dialogue and let us know about his personal commitment. In fact, he's told me that while he is a member of the Los Angeles City Council, this is an issue that by the end of his term, by the end of his time on the council, he wants to ensure not just that this issue is minimized or that it gets better, but that he um, fully does away with this issue and trafficking, um, human and sex trafficking in the 8th Council District and specifically in the Fig Figueroa Corridor. So if you want to learn more about this topic, I invite you to stay tuned with us. And I share with you just a few statistics. Um, the United Nations reports that um, internationally, there are about 27 million individuals who are trafficked um, around the world. In the United States, it's about 1 million. In California, about 1,000. We don't know the specific numbers in Los Angeles, but I imagine that a good number of those 1,000 are trafficked here in Los Angeles. In California, by the way, uh, within the United States, is considered the number one state, unfortunately, where individuals, young boys and young girls, young women, young adults, young, young men, young adults, are trafficked both for labor purposes as well as sex purposes. So um, sobering numbers indeed. It's an issue I submit to you that we all should care about and want to um, learn if there's anything that we can do as individuals to help um, support our fight or advocate against this issue and um, what we can do as individuals to make a difference. And certainly our Los Angeles City Council president is um, making a difference. He's helping give leadership to this issue. And he has a lot to share with us in terms of what's happening, what his office and other offices are doing to address the issue, and what we can do personally to have an impact and to support their efforts on this issue. Um, so if you're just tuning in, you're tuned into KBLA Talk 1580, The Legal Lens with Angela Redock Wright Show. Today, we are speaking with Los Angeles City Council President Marquise Harris Dawson on the issue of human and sex trafficking in Los Angeles, specifically the 8th Council District and the Figueroa Corridor. As always on KBLA Talk 1580 and The Legal Lens Show, we have a lot to talk about and we invite you to come forward with us. More of Legal Lens with Angela Reddick Wright, helping you see legal issues more clearly when we come forward. Thank you for continuing with us on KBLA Talk 1580. This is The Legal Lens Show with Angela. And we are thrilled today to have joining us um, Los Angeles City Councilman Marquise Harris-Dawson, who represents the 8th Council District of Los Angeles. Um, last week, we had Councilwoman Nithya Raman on. And so we're happy to um, get this in-depth view um, of some of the things happening in the city of Los Angeles and with our, our great city council. So, um, Councilman, thank you so much for being here today. How are you? 
I am very good. It's uh, good to be with the K uh, KBLA family whenever we can. Yes, and we count you among one of our biggest supporters and just really, really appreciate that. And so our listeners, uh, they know you, they know you well, but we actually have some um, listeners around the country and internationally. So just for their benefit, um, if you could remind us of, you know, one, how long have you represented the 8th Council District and what areas of Los Angeles does it cover? I have uh, been a member of the Los Angeles City Council for eight and a half years, almost to the day. Wow, time uh, flies. <laughs> it does, doesn't it? Uh, it's unbelievable. Um, and uh, the 8th District is uh, the only majority African-American district in the city. It, re- it uh, begins as far north as the 10 freeway, goes as far south as the 105, uh, goes as far west as uh, La Brea, and uh, has Normandy, um, Vermont, Central, uh, as uh, eastern borders in different parts. So it's about uh, 260,000 uh, residents, uh, working class, uh, neighborhoods of Vermont Knolls and uh, View uh, Heights and Hyde Park and the Crenshaw District and Baldwin Hills, uh, so on and so forth. Wow, 260,000 residents. That is a, a small city within itself, a city within it the city. Yes. <laughs> yes. And then I um, I understand that you chair, you currently you chair the planning and land use committee for the council, right? Chair the planning and land use management committee for mm-hmm. the LA City Council. It's a five member committee and all uh, sort of uh, land use issues where there's some controversy come to that committee, as well as uh, this committee sets land use policy for the city of LA. Okay, well, thank you for your leadership there. And we're going to kind of jump into that and the work you're doing around human and sex trafficking in Los Angeles and in the 8th Council District in particular. But uh, I told you uh, offline that I, since you're on the show, uh, I have to ask you about this because those who follow and listen to the show from week to week know that I start the show each week by saying, welcome to the show. And this is the heart of Destination Crenshaw. And if you haven't been here lately and seen the construction, you'll see it in process. And um, also encouraging listeners to look that up because we're super excited about it. Can you give us about you know a minute of what is Destination Crenshaw and what we can look forward to with that project? Well, it's so appropriate because KBLA is right there uh, adjoined to Sankofa Park, which is the jewel of Destination Crenshaw. Destination Crenshaw is an outdoor people's museum that'll tell the story of Black folks in the West Coast, but Los Angeles specifically, it'll go for a mile going south on Crenshaw uh, from Sankofa Park, which is right there at the KBLA uh, headquarters or studios. Uh, and you know, we'll have over a dozen large monuments uh, by very famous artists that many of you know, black artists from our community, from Los Angeles. Uh, and we'll have over a hundred pieces of two-dimensional art. So that is murals and portraits and, and um, canvases and and ceramic um, art installations, as well as street furniture, landscaping. We're going to plant over 400 trees, uh, four acres of landscaping. Every plant that we plant on that street is going to be a plant that is either native to West Africa or native to the American South, which is where the vast majority of our folks here in Los Angeles come from. So we're very excited about it. Uh, It's set to open uh, next year. Uh, depending on how much it rains uh, this winter, we'll we'll know how quicker, how soon, or how late in the year that'll be. Right, and next year being twenty twenty four, right? That's right, twenty twenty four. 
Great. Well, I am so excited about it. And thank you for those insights. Um, so let's, you know, with the backdrop of something amazing like Destination Crenshaw Company coming, we also have, you know, some unfortunate part things that are happening in the city um, and in other parts of the council in your eighth council district. Um, and that's dealing with um, human and sex trafficking. Um, give us a little more insight, insight um, from your purview of what's happening um, with human trafficking and its impact on individuals in Los Angeles and in the 8th Council District in particular? Well, you know, anybody who spent any time in South Los Angeles for the last, you know, 60, 70 years knows that the Figueroa track is, you know, one of the most famous tracks in the world. It's right in the heart of our community. Uh, young women and men, frankly, are trafficked there or involved in trafficking. Um, and so it is, it, it has become a bit of a destination. Sometimes it spills over to Western Avenue and you get it really bad on Western Avenue as well. And so we want to make a concerted effort to make sure that, you know, when I leave office, that, that is, that, that has been interrupted and interdicted. And so we're trying to attack the problem from all sides. Uh, we're trying to, you know, we're going to do the law enforcement work. This is a place where we work very well with the Los Angeles police department, setting up stings setting up surveillance. So if you come on that street, if you're driving down Figueroa, I want everybody to hear this. If you're driving down Figueroa at two in the morning, you should just know that there are cameras on the street everywhere that we put up in cooperation with LAPD and they're license plate readers. Uh, and so you might get a letter at your house saying, hey, just FYI, we saw your car on Figueroa at three in the morning on a Tuesday. Uh, this is a high crime area. You might want to make sure that your car and you are safe. Uh, we do that so that people know someone's watching. We believe everybody behaves better when they know someone's watching. Uh, and also, you know, who knows who's going to get the letter and open it up in the family. So uh, that's one way in which we're attacking the problem. The other way uh, we're attacking the problem is, you know, the person that you come in contact with that you think you're going to buy sex from may or may not be a police officer. So that's going to get you. Uh, also, the motels. So these motels participate in this activity. They see it going on. They encourage it. They rent rooms by the hour. Uh, they are active participa participants in this economy. And we got to say that's not a legal way to do business. You can't do business like that in Century City or Sherman Oaks. You can't do business like that on Crenshaw. It, this is all the city of L.A. and the rules apply equally. And um and so, you know, we want to, uh, again, continue to attack the problem. The, the, um, one of the best pieces of news from this work is that there, you know, police officers do rescue. So in California, we do not arrest minors uh, for uh, being involved in uh, trafficking or prostitution. We don't even call minors prostitution because they're not prostitutes because they're not old enough to give consent. But they've done 33 rescues uh, of trafficking victims along uh, Figueroa since we've been on this effort, 28 of them have been minors. Mm. Uh, you know, the, the, the other startling statistic is about 86, 87% of the young women and boys there are uh, black and about 80% of the customers are not black. Um, no. So it's, it's one of those dynamics that, you know, our community should not stand by and allow to continue unabated uh, without weighing in and doing everything we can to interdict. Right. Um, indeed. And I am so um, 
happy that this is a priority for you in your office. And as you said, that this is something that you want to make sure um, you've had a uh, substantial impact on before leaving office. By the way, what is it? Did you have, what, three and a half, four years remaining? Uh, I have uh, four and a half. I have basically five years left. Five years from today, five years from next month, I'll be done. Good, good. So still some time to continue to work yeah. on this and other issues. So let's just back up a little bit. Um, when you came into office, um, what, was it known that the Figueroa Corridor had this human trafficking, sex trafficking issue? Or is this something that, you know, has really come to light during your time in council office? Uh, we look the anybody who grew up here and, you know, certainly, you know, and and we knew when we were both of us knew when we were in elementary school, frankly, mm -hmm. uh, Figueroa's had a problem for a long, long time. Um, I think, you know, at different points in history, both the police department and elected officials basically said, there's nothing you can do about it. Mm. And, um, you know, I just, I could not accept that. Um, and I've seen other places in the city that had had historic prostitution problems. I've seen it virtually disappear. So if you think about Santa Monica Boulevard in uh, Hollywood, you think about Hollywood Boulevard, you know, those all those years where famous celebrities like Hugh Grant and Eddie Murphy would get caught. Uh, picking up uh, sex workers on those boulevards. When you go to those boulevards now, that's not happening. You don't see that. Mm -hmm. And so we know if it could be done there, it could be done uh, on Figueroa. And so that's how we uh, began to approach it and uh, try to be as aggressive as we can about it. And then we'll talk big, the big, oh, go ahead. Sorry no, about no, that, Councilman. Yeah. When we talk about the Figueroa corridor, which intersections are we talking? Figueroa between so, where and where? The Figueroa Corridor, oddly enough, goes north all the way to, to uh, Vernon, so right before you get to USC, mm -hmm. and it continues south uh, basically until the 105 freeway or, or Imperial, and it gets cool or hot at different places, depending on what's there. Certainly, the stretches that have a lot of those small motels uh, are more active than the places that don't. Okay, and I, I mentioned to you... Um offline as well that a few weeks ago we started this discussion um, so I became interested in the topic um about two months ago I was on a panel with the city attorney with um, city attorney Heidi Soto and um <coughs> learned then just how deep this issue is and how it impacts Los Angeles so we decided of course we wanted to do um, a few shows on the topic and and help to educate the Los Angeles and broader community on the issue so we had community coalition on a few weeks ago and they and we know you have a special love and affinity to community coalition right as one of its uh, past CEOs um but they helped to uh, helped us to understand that when we talk about human trafficking, sex trafficking in this context, I, for one, naively so, really thought about it as an international issue, thinking that, you know, individuals, primarily women, young women, are being brought in from different countries and, you know, secretly, and they're being trafficked within the U.S. and um, internationally. But Community Coalition helped us to understand, as did the city attorney in the panel, is that this is really a local issue. Like many of the 80 percent that you spoke to um, spoke about, my understanding is that a good percentage of that are young men and women that are being recruited locally, or I don't know if recruited is the right being, word. Yeah, yeah, folks are being recruited locally. Mm -hmm. uh, foster care is a big feeder uh, for this um, community. 
And uh, the trafficking, it's interesting that you talk about it as an international issue because it is an international issue because girls from our streets, our neighbors, our classmates, our church members are getting trafficked from Los Angeles to other parts of the country and other parts of the world. So it is in fact international, but the people that you see on the streets of Los Angeles, Figueroa, Western, other places, there's uh, a track out in the Valley as well. The vast majority of those people are from LA County. Uh, a lot of them, the vast majority, I would say, are are folks who've been in foster care at one point or another in their lives and may currently be in foster care um, and folks who may be victims of substance abuse. Yeah. And that that actually leads into my next question, which is um, how does poverty, unemployment and, and lack of opportunities kind of make certain individuals, such as individuals coming out of the foster care system, more vulnerable to being, you know, trafficked or recruited. Well, you know, this is, this is a big issue. Obviously, look, the big deal is teenagers are teenagers and they do teenage stuff, which is why teenagers have parents Mm -hmm. and they have adults in their lives who are generally stable. And the adult's job as a parent is to intervene and not let them do stuff that's permanently damaging. Well, if you take away that adult Teens do, can do all sorts of things, um, can and do do all sorts of things and uh, find themselves in very, very dangerous situations like being trafficked. Uh, and so to the extent that, you know, look, foster care is the big driver. The big driver of foster care in L.A. County is incarceration. The number one reason why a person's in foster care is because their parent has been incarcerated on a non-violent, usually narcotics related charge. Mm -hmm. So that's it. And we know uh, the association between narcotics and the underground economy. So that is people who feel like they can't operate in the legal economy, operate in the underground economy, which uh, obviously uh, substances, illegal substances are a big part of. So it's a big part of uh, driving the foster care population. But again, even once a kid's in foster care, if we ran the foster care system in a way that folks had stable adults in their lives that were permanent, and again, we're not talking about people in the foster care system who have foster parents, we're talking about people who are in group homes. Right. Um, so if, when young people have consistent, stable adults in their lives, uh, a lot of times that's what uh, the intervention that, that's the only intervention that's needed. But in order for those stable adults to be in their lives, those stable adults have to have good jobs. They got to have good housing, good transportation, healthcare, and all the rest. Wow. Great insights, Councilman. Um, If you're just tuning in, we're speaking with Los Angeles City Councilman Marquise Harris-Dawson representing the 8th Council District, and he is helping to give leadership to this issue um, of human trafficking and sex trafficking in Los Angeles and beyond. So stay tuned. We will continue our conversation and Councilman will pick up on what is what's the role of social inequality, gender inequality and societal norms that perpetuate this issue as well. So stay tuned. You're tuned into KBLA Talk 1580, The Legal Lynch. Disagree without disrespect. Make your point and keep it pushing. Let's do this. Listen and learn or talk and teach. Talking and listening around the clock. Around the clock. Around the clock. KBLA Talk 1580. Now back to more of the all new weekend lineup here on KBLA Talk 1580. 
thank you for continuing with us on KBLA Talk 1580. This is The Legal Lens Show with Angela. And today we are having a very important conversation with Los Angeles City Councilman Marquise Harris-Dawson, who represents the 8th Council District. And he is helping to give leadership to this topic or issue of human and sex trafficking in Los Angeles, in particular, the Figueroa Corridor, a good part of which is within um, Council District 8. And so he's given us great insight and background as to how the um, issue has arisen and existed for many, many years, but his commitment to ensuring that we have a substantial impact on the issue during the time that he's in office. So Councilman, let's pick up with the question of what's the role of social inequality and gender inequality um, in this issue of human and sex trafficking? You gave us some insights as to how poverty and unemployment and, and lack of opportunities impact the issue, but let's tune in a little bit more on societal um, social inequality and gender inequality issues. Well, yeah, thank you for the further question, Angela, because I think this is one, you know, really a unfortunately a good lesson in uh, what the, the term of intersectionality. Right. So mm-hmm. race, gender, class, all the rest. So, you know, I would submit to you to say I'll start with our own people first. If this was pro- if this was primarily a problem of black men, the black community would be louder about it. The black community is virtually silent. So no major black organization, most of us black politicians, uh, the black church, we we drive by it and we act like it's not happening. And frankly, if you find the people that are actually out helping, you know, just said, I'm going to figure out something. It's almost always black women, mm. exclusively black women. Mm-hmm. So there's that. So within the racial group, there's the gender dynamics, right? So our you know, the black community, like a lot of almost every other racial group, uh, falls short of the mark when it comes to gender politics. And this is a place where it shows and it shows loud and ugly, uh, loud and wrong, as the as the old folks say. Right. Then, talk, then you know, then you want to talk about race. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, there's I have a friend who's a news uh, reporter and he talks about the pressure that he gets when there's a missing white girl. Uh the pressure that he gets to produce stories and to get pictures and to do interviews with people that know her. And he's like, you know, when a, when a black girl comes up missing, they, you know, it's a struggle for them to even get it on the news. Right. And mm-hmm. so you see the unevenness, even within a gender uh, because of race, uh, uh, how the ch- challenge gets treated. You know, another thing that our new city attorney uh, who I know, you know, Heidi Felstein Soto, we took her on a tour. She had she knew something about the Figueroa Corridor. We took her on a tour. And the first thing she does is turns to me and says, oh, my God, can you imagine if this was happening on Olympic yeah. or on Sunset or on Wilshire? Right, right. On Sherman Way. And I said, no, I can't imagine what would, ha- what would happen if this was happening on those streets because it would never happen on those streets. Exactly. Uh, because that's a different social class uh, and a different racial class. And so. Right. And the surrounding community wouldn't allow it to happen. The surrounding community wouldn't allow it, and they would have been assisted in stopping it. Mm-hmm. The state government, the federal government, I submit to you, would show up to stop okay. it if it were happening in those communities. Here, um, you know, we've actually had sitting chiefs of police, not the one sitting now, but sitting chiefs of police say, there's nothing you can do about trafficking on Figueroa. They said that in the press. 
So the, the idea that you as police chief think that you can say that in public and nothing's going to happen to you. And by the way, nothing did happen to the person mm-hmm. um, that that demonstrates to you the the um, challenge that black women, not singularly, but almost singularly face uh, in this country. And it, it, there's no uh, place where it shows up more stark, I think, than in, in this challenge of, of uh, women being trafficked. Uh, in South LA. Right. I just wanted to um, get a little more insight from you. Why do you think it would be different if it were Black men? Um, wouldn't the race issue kind of trump there as well? Well, well right, look, race would be... still be an issue, but mm-hmm. think about how the Black community responded to mass incarceration mm-hmm. or the war on drugs, which right. was that primarily impacted Black men um, or gang warfare. I mean, like there, all of those things, I mean, Look, gang warfare was literally one set of black men shooting at each at another set of black men and back and forth. Mm-hmm. Our community intervened. There's any number of programs. There's any number of activities. Uh, there's any number of interventions that happened at every level of the black community, from politicians to churches to businesses to community organizations. Right. And, and again, did the whole society respond the way they should? No. Did they respond the way they would if white boys were shooting at each other? No, they didn't. But the black community responded. I submit to you that on this question, and I think, and I connect it to gender, black community doesn't respond or hasn't responded in the way that we should. I think it's it, it's because we're we are not as strong as we could be. Right. Well, and certainly the statistics support that analysis that, I mean, beyond this topic, that Black women are the least respected, the least supported, just, you know, holding up, you know, the world in its arms, but the least supported, you know, throughout the world. So, um interesting that 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 even you know applies here so you mentioned the uh powers that be the prior chiefs law enforcement uh presumably legislators as well who in the past have felt like we just couldn't tackle this issue as it relates to the figueroa corridor that's a good place to turn to kind of what are some of the policies and laws in place or loopholes even within those that have prevented are really being able to tackle this issue before now? Well, you know, I think, look, I think, you know, a lot of this work started with, uh, you know, Karen Bass when she was in the state legislature, uh, Mark Whitley Thomas when he was in the state legislature and in the county. They they moved to decriminalize uh, young women who are trafficked Mm -hmm. and change this business that we don't call children prostitutes, right? They also moved to uh, come up with different treatment modalities, one of the most disturbing things is we take a, a young woman off the street and then we return her to the place where she was before she went on the street without doing an inter- intervention. And then we're shocked when we find her on the street again. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, there's been a lot of intervention to interrupt that cycle. Uh, uh, Supervisor Holly Mitchell has been great in that respect, uh, as has uh Assemblymember Mike Gibson uh, in helping create other tools for social workers and intervention workers to to help with folks. And so um, those are the kinds of things that you see at the different levels of government. I think now that folks have have sort of began to get in front of it. And and again, I just challenge anybody to drive by there any morning or any night. And, you know, if you're not moved, you need to check your ticker. Uh, because it, it just, uh, it, it, it will unnerve you. 
Indeed. Um, if you are just tuning in, um, you've tuned into a very important discussion about human and sex trafficking in Los Angeles and specifically um, in the Figueroa Corridor, which is a part of the 8th Council District. But the good news is that the councilman for the 8th Council District is on top of it and has made this a priority for his district and for his leadership. So stay tuned as we come forward. We'll begin to round out our conversation on this very important issue. More of Legal Lens with Angela Reddick Bright, helping you see legal issues more clearly when we come forward. Hot button political, economic, social, and cultural issues as seen through a legal lens. Now back to Angela Reddick Bright. Thank you for coming forward with us. We are continuing our discussion on human and sex trafficking in Los Angeles and the 8th Council District with Los Angeles City Councilman Marquise Harris Dawson. Councilman, um, you've given us so many great insights, and we probably could have this discussion for at least another hour. But let's uh, let's hone in on another issue. Um, I know pressing in people's minds is how does this actually happen? How Who are the human trafficking networks? How have they infiltrated our city and your district? And what are some of the ta- tactics that they use? Well, you know, the, the, you know, trafficking of human beings is not a lot different than trafficking of substances uh, for, for that matter. It's largely driven by gangs or syndicates or groups of people uh, who have various networks to have they have transportation networks, they have communication networks, they have housing networks. So they have a way to communicate with each other. They have a way to get the product from one place to another, and they have a way to store the product once it's in the place that they need it to be. And so, you know, these syndicates are very large operations um, that, you know, let's just say if, if you're operating in LA, you should know that you're being watched uh, and that you might get that knock on the door at any point. Um, uh, to do it. it. We're slowly breaking it. There's more than one syndicate operating on Figueroa. We know that now. Uh, there are multiple syndicates. Some of them are national. Some of them are international. But all of them operate on Figueroa and beyond. Um, and so uh, that's one of the things that we've learned and that uh, is being targeted. A, a couple things I think that you know folks can do to be helpful to this effort is please call our city attorney or send an email uh, please call our mayor or send an email. The budget is being negotiated right now. Uh, we want to make sure that there's housing for folks to go to so we don't have to put them back in the housing they came from when they are rescued. Um, we want to make sure that there's services available, mental health services and so on and so forth. want to make sure there's enough money to, to fund the task force so that ta- the task force can need to go. The other person that we want uh, folks to call is uh, our, our district attorney, uh, Gascon. Uh, there is a provision Uh, that applies to domestic violence where you don't have to sit in the court and face your father or your uncle or your brother uh, or whatever family member assaulted you, that you can give testimony out of their presence. That law can apply to trafficking victims as well, uh, but the district attorney has to to implement it in that way. And so we want to encourage uh, Gascon uh, who, you know, we really appreciate in this community. We want to encourage him to, to implement that in this case uh, so that we actually deal with the po- folks that are involved in trafficking. Excellent. Um, great advice as to, to how, if you're listening to the show and you want to know how you could become more involved and impact this issue, 
um, contact your city attorney's office, contact the council office, let them know that you heard the show, you're listening, you care about this issue, contact the district attorney's office. Um, we, particularly if you live in Los Angeles, particularly if you're African-American, we, our community clearly need, needs to care more about this issue and need to get involved with this issue because it's impacting our young girls in particular. Uh, stay tuned. We'll close out this conversation with Councilman Marquise Harris-Dawson, one of our KBLA Talk 1580 favorites. Uh, so come forward with us as we close out the conversation. Disagree without disrespect. Make your point and keep it pushing. Let's do this. Listen and learn or talk and teach. Talking and listening around the clock. Around the clock. Around the clock. Around the clock. KBLA Talk 1580. At KBLA Talk 1580, we do more than just talk. You got a big mouth. Hello, Joe. You're up. Welcome. We're on a Apologetically progressive, and we don't black down. And thank you again for coming forward with us on KBLA Talk 15, the Legal Lens Show. Uh, if you've been with us the last hour, you know we've had a very important and sobering discussion with Councilman, Los Angeles City Councilman Marquise Harris Dawson, who represents the 8th Council District. He's giving leadership, helping give leadership in collaboration with other leaders in the city on the issue of human and sex trafficking. Um, Councilman, you helped us to uh, kind of understand um, some of the origins of trafficking, the roots of it, um, some of the policy issues and considerations. Um, help leave us on a high note, um, or at least a note of positivity in terms of sharing um, some of the stories, a story of some of the survivors and how they have been rescued and rehabilitating and are now on their journey towards reintegrating into society. Well, you know, what's exciting about this is that, you know, we know from our history that when we fight, we can win. When we stand together, we can win. And so I'm, you know, proud to say that just in the last uh, several years that I've been in office, three of the motels that were some of the most notorious, we've actually taken their license and they've gone away. New Gage Hotel, uh, the Palms Motel is now the parking lot for a charter school, um, which is, I think, very, very appropriate. Uh, and the New Bay Motel most recently uh, went away as well. So we're super, super excited about uh, that. There are more coming up. So if you're one of those motels, you know, we've got a target on you. We're not going to let you continue to participate in this economy profit from the economy uh, and do it in a way where you aren't challenged by neighbors and everyday people. And then with regard to survivors, uh, you know, folks are still very uh, particular about maintaining their anonymity and keeping their names, uh, their names sort of off of the media, which we certainly appreciate. But, you know, I have to say what's the most exhilarating and inspiring is how badly once someone gets clean and once someone gets out of the life and once someone gets safe, the first thing they want to do is go help other people that have been in that situation. Mm. And they want to go, you know, they want to go out on the street if they can. And if it's safe, they want to go be the one to have the conversation and, and bear witness to other people that there's another way uh, and that you can get out of um, uh, you can get out of this lifestyle. Um, and so, you know, it's our hope that we have an army of, of young men and women that are out there helping pull people out of trafficking and that these motels that, you know, are not motels anymore, maybe they can become regular affordable housing and people can afford to live in them and raise their families and live out their potential. So that's the, you know, the really the bright spot that, you know, if, if we face the problem uh, and we commit to solving the problem and we do so, we lead with our values and we lead with love, we can come out uh, with, with an outcome better than any of us could have imagined. 
I love that, Councilman. What a great place and perfect place to end. And we thank you so much for your leadership and your commitment on this issue and making sure that it is far better and hopefully resolved um, by the time you complete your time as a council person. (laughs) Yes, yes. So thank you for your time today. We know it's valuable. So we always appreciate your stopping by the KBLA studios and the Legal Lens show. And we definitely look forward to having you back. Up next, we have talked Tech to Me with Cassie Betts. She always has a great show, so be sure to tune in. And then tune in next week again um, on the Legal Lens Show at the same time, same days, and where we always have the best in legal and policy issues, trending legal and policy issues for you. Until then, I leave you with the words of Sammy Davis Jr. And the councilman said it best, uh, and the same as Sammy said, he says, you always have two choices, your commitment versus your fear. And so we thank you again, councilman and others listening for your commitment. And um, remember to smile this weekend. Remember to show someone kindness. The world could use a lot more of that. And we look forward to seeing you again next week on the Legal Lens Show. And where at KBLA Talk 1580, we always have a lot to talk about.